Good evening, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Terror Radio Podcast, where we are dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and suspense old-time radio shows, as well as original stories. I'm your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, with a few Halloween treats. Number one, just two more days until spooky time. Okay, that was cheesy, I know, but give me a break. Number two, in order to show my appreciation for all of your support, there will be a bonus episode on Halloween. From 6 o'clock Eastern Time to midnight, there will be 12 back-to-back radio shows and just a brief intro from me at the beginning. So let's celebrate Halloween together. And with that... This is Terror Radio. Now, tonight's episode is going to be a little bit different. Instead of two half-hour shows, I'll just be featuring one 45-minute radio play from the series CBS Radio Mystery... Excuse me. CBS Radio Mystery Theater, along with two short vignettes. I thought I'd switch it up a little bit. Now, CBS... Radio Mystery Theater was created, directed, and produced by Hyman Brown. Now, if you remember from last week's episode, I mentioned him, being that he was the mastermind behind such popular shows as Inner Sanctum, Dick Tracy, Flash Gordon, the list goes on. The series aired from January 6, 1974 to December 31st, 1982 on the CBS radio network and was rebroadcasted in the early 2000s on NPR. Veteran actor E.J. Marshall Did I just say E.J.? E.G. Marshall (laughs) hosted the show until its last season and once he departed, actress Tammy Grimes took over. The series basically had the similar format of the old-time radio shows, especially Inner Sanctum, since they had the uh, familiar door creaking in its opening. Many of the shows were original stories, but then also there were a few adaptations from authors like Oscar Wilde, Henry James, Charles Dickens, etc. Now, The radio play tonight is a very clever, extremely clever adaptation of Edgar Allan Poe's classic story, Telltale Heart. And it stars actor Fred Gwynn, who we all know as Herman Munster from the popular 60s sitcom, The Munsters. And it first broadcasted on January 11th, 1975. But before that, I will be playing two short, I guess you could say, radio plays. One entitled Day at the Dentist and the second entitled The Dark. Now, these vignettes were featured on the 1962 album Drop Dead and Exercise in Horror by the legendary Arch Obler, who was the writer and producer of the popular 
radio series lights out. So, you know the drill. Sit back, turn on the lights, and enjoy. Day at the dentist, the dark, and without hesitation, telltale heart. You're still there? Good. Well, permit me to try you with the humorous type of horror. Horror can't have humor? <laughs> Listen to A Day at the Dentist. <sighs> Any more patience, nurse? Yes, one just came in. He hasn't an appointment, but he says it's an emergency. Oh, do I know him? What's his name? His name is Fred Houseman. Houseman? Fred? Are you sure? Yes. Do you know him? No. Oh, no. Uh, show him in. And, Miss Case, you can go home now. But, Doctor, it isn't time. I said you could go home now. Yes, Doctor. The doctor will see you now. Oh, thank you. Come in, sir. Come in. I'll see you in the morning, nurse. And when you go out, lock the outer door. Mr. Houseman will be my last patient. Yes, Doctor. I said, come in, sir. Come in. Thank you, Doctor, for seeing me without an appointment. It's my pleasure. Oh, uh, will you get in the chair? Oh, thank you. You know, I used to come here to Dr. Charles. I didn't know you'd taken over. <laughs> Are you all comfortable? Yes, indeed. Now, what seems to be the trouble? Well, I have a toothache. Oh, yes, we can fix that in a hurry. Nothing serious? Say, so sure, it's painless, Doctor funny me saying that, but here I used to play football and wrestle, but there's one thing I sure can't stand is a little pain. You know, drilling and things like that. Oh, no. No pain. Well, the straps. Why are you strapping me in? Oh, don't be alarmed. In order to keep this painless, there must be absolutely no movement. Oh. There you are. Snug as a bug in a rug. That's a curious thing to call you, isn't it? You're no bug. You're the lover type, aren't you? Why? When I first heard your name, I wasn't sure, but when you came through the door, I... What the hell is this? Mary Elson. Mary? What do you mean? Surely you haven't forgotten Mary, lover boy. What you did to her was very special, wasn't it? Worth remembering. Worth talking about. Worth slobbering over. Who the hell are you? Her husband. Let me out of here. Let me... No, you won't break those straps. They've been waiting just for you. That's why I bought out Dr. Charles' practice. Because I knew that sooner or later you'd come back to him. The painless dentist. Now you're here. Now you're here. The drill. What are you going to do? Nothing important. Just going to drill a little hole to let out some of the lover boy. Oh, no. What are you going to do? What? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Please. Please. No. 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 Yes, lover boy. Thank <laughs> you.
let us turn to another delightful phase of horror, the supernormal. I call this little opus The Dark. It's the sort of horror that was most effective on radio after midnight to make you wish, as you pull the bed covers over your head that night, that the author had been strangled while very young. <laughs> but he wasn't. So uh, try this on for size. Where are you turning? The alarm said Pine Street, didn't it? Oh, yes, yes, of course. So why the siren? The only traffic out here is on horseback. Yeah, <laughs> you can say that again, Doc. It's from nothing to nowhere. Okay, let's go. Yeah, right with you, Doc. Right with you. Said somebody was hurt? That's what the switchboard said. Dump. Huh. Don't seem to be a bell. Oh, there must be. There's a light in there. Try the door. Hmm. Yeah, it's open. Well, let's go. All right. Hello in there. Hello. This is another false alarm. Anybody here? I'm a doctor. <laughs> hey, look. In the corner. This I gotta see. Lady, I'm a doctor from General Hospital. Now, what's the matter? She is screwy, all right, ain't she? Frightened. Come on, Doc. Why don't you get her out of here? Or the straitjacket. Shall I get the straitjacket? No, Doc, wait. Where are you going? Can't get it open. Huh? What's the matter? What do you want to go in there for? Can't get this open. Okay. Whoever is hurt must be in there. Blasted door. Come on, we'll break it down. But the woman. Forget the woman. Come on, put your shoulder to it. Come on. Yeah, yeah, all right. It's dark. Yeah. I can't see a thing. Go on back in the other room and get that kerosene lamp. Well, I get it, I say. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Okay. Hold it high. Yeah? <gasps> what? Oh, mother in heaven. What? On the floor. What is it? It's a man. Oh, no. It can't be. Yes, I tell you, yes, it's a man. A man. And he's been turned inside out. Inside out? Yes. See for yourself. It's a man. But the skin is the inside. The raw flesh is the outside. Organs hanging. <laughs> yeah. It's a miracle. A man turned inside out. They could turn a glove inside out. It's alive. It's alive. I see it, I see it. Alive? Yes. Doc, it's trying to get up. No, no. Trying to get up, I tell you. Trying to move. Sam, hold that light high. I can't watch. Look at it, rolling over. Stop trying it, trying to get up. Stop that. Look, trying to get up on its knees. Doc, make it stop. Kill it. Do something. Sam, stop. Man can't live inside. Sam, stop. I tell you, stop. Hysterical old woman, it's what you honor. You stand there and shut up. 
Listen to him. Listen to him. Let's get out of here, Doc, please. Don't be a fool. We've got to find out, Sam. Why? What? Look, there's another door. Yeah. Open. The answer might be in there. Doc, don't we got it? The lantern. Bring it. Gee, Doc, why can't we just go? Hold it high. Doc, what? Don't move. There's, There's no floor in there. I, I don't see nothing. Nothing but dark. Well, look. The dark sort of spills over on the edges. Huh? Well, look, I tell you. It's a deeper dark than dark. Something moving in there. Doc? Close the door. No. No, wait. Then I'll close it. Oh, you fool. Open that door. I've got to see what... She's coming in here. Come on, Doc. Let's get out of here. No, Sam, I'm going to find out what this is all about. All my life, things have been what they've been. I'm going to know all about this. Please, Doc, please, let's get out of here. Woman, if you know anything, tell me. What was it we saw back of that door where the floor should have been? Do you know? She, she's going to the door. She's going to open it. Yes. Doc, will you listen to me? Let's get out of here. No, now wait. She's just standing there, looking in at the dark. Yeah. <laughs> Doc, what's that coming up out of the hole in the floor? The dark. It's like, like black smoke. Listen to it. It's reaching up to her. Yes. What is it? Smoke? Black? What? Crawling up around her. (laughs) It's covering her. No. Inside out. It turned her inside out. Inside. Sam. Sam, get up. Sam, open your eyes. The shadows are crawling along the floor toward us. Come on, Sam. Come on. Sam, you're... Oh, you're too heavy. I can't lift you. Sam, you've got to hear me. The shadows, they're crawling toward me along the floor. I can't leave you. You saw what they did to her. Look at her. Inside out. A woman inside out. Oh, Sam. I'll drag you out of here. Oh, you're so heavy. They're coming faster and faster. Like long black fingers. Yeah, my legs. Let go of me. Sam, I can't help you to holding me back. The black. It's covering you, Sam! Uh, No, no, you, you thing, whatever you are, get off me. Stop covering me. I've got to get out of here. I've got to tell them all about you. I've got to tell everyone there's something like you loose in the world. Got to warn everybody. Get off me. Cold, slimy. How can shadows be slimy? So cold. 
Bring me over. My head. Ah, my face. Go. My face. My mouth. Go. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Someone said to me the other day, You know, E.G., you talk a lot about imagination. At first I thought he might be right, but the more I thought about it, the more it seemed to me he was wrong. Far as I can see, there isn't a more powerful force in the world than imagination. After all, I made a career with mine, in films, TV, on the stage, imagining myself to be all sorts of characters. And you, well, you derive much pleasure from yours when you become the hero or heroine of the stories I bring you. As tonight, each woman will become Dora, and each man, Charles Daring, caught up in circumstances which... Well, listen. A clock. The clock. What, Dora? What? Oh, that clock, Charlie. It's going to drive me up the wall. Oh, come on now. It's only a clock grandfather clock. It never stops day and night. It goes on and on like his heart. He said your Uncle Jonah said that its beat was like his own heart. Steady, solid, never stopping. Charlie, we've got to get out of here. We've got to leave this awful place. I know, I know, but where can we go, Dora? Where? We're trapped. <laughs> Our mystery drama, The Tell-Tale Heart, was especially adapted from the Edgar Allan Poe classic for the Mystery Theater by George Lothar and stars Fred Gwynn. As you know, I've always had an intense interest in diaries the day-to-day -day journals of those who, for one reason or another, recorded the events of their daily lives. This strange tale I bring you now is remarkable, not only for the horror it records, but also because it was written by a patient in a state asylum for the criminal insane. A man named Charles Daring, who on a day not long ago wrote... True. I am nervous. I've always been nervous, but... <laughs> Why do they say I am mad? My sick nerves had sharpened my senses. Not destroyed them or dulled them. Why, take my sense of hearing. Acute. My ears are... have always been sharp. So, <laughs> nervous, yes. Mad, no. Judge for yourself. Listen to how calmly 
I can tell you the whole story of what happened. Beginning with the day I arrived at Uncle Jonas's farm with my dear wife, Dora, and my daughter, Ruth. Well, we're here. I didn't think the old bus would make it. Charlie, are you all right? Yeah. You're yeah, trembling. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm okay. Take one of your pills anyway. I, oh, I'm okay. I said, Dora, I'm okay. I'm, I'm sorry. Guess I am a bit keyed up. Long, tiring trip. Near 14 hours. Worrying the car was going to break down, but uh, I'm all right now. We're here. Looks lonely, Daddy. Real lonely. Oh, Ruthie. It's a roof over our heads till things get better. Hello there. Hello. <laughs> here at last, I see. I thought you'd never get here. <laughs> of course, you're little Charlie Berry, my nephew. All grown up now, though, huh? Hello, Uncle Jonas. Gosh, it's good to see you. And this beautiful young woman is your wife and this charming little girl your daughter Ruth. That's, that's right well uh, come on in our place is uh, might run down I'm afraid but well you know I'm, I'm not as young as I used to be and being way out here in what's practically wilderness it's hard to get help well you'll have me now Uncle Jonas <laughs> yeah, yeah only uh, I uh up to working, Charlie? You said in your letter you were sick. Reason you lost your job in the city and couldn't find another. Oh, well, now, uh, about that... Oh, oh, don't be embarrassed, boy. Out with it. Just tell me the truth of it. No, 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 no. Better still, you tell me, Dora. Uh, well, uh, Charlie isn't really sick. I, I mean, you're physically... He's as strong as any other man, and he's healthy, too. Only, uh, it's, it, it's his nerves, that's all. That's all? Well, that's a lot, ain't it? Well, no, not really. It's just that, that now and then he uh, gets these terrible headaches that kind of knock him out, and he starts trembling and sweating, and it's kind of a cold sweat. Well, now, this sounds... Uncle Jonas, honest... These attacks, they don't happen all the time. Not much, only now and then. And I've got a, I've got these pills the doctor gave me. And, well, listen, you'll see. I'm going to earn our keep here, Uncle Jonas. Make you glad you took us in when we needed a roof over our heads. I'm a hard worker, Uncle Jonas. A real hard worker. Well, sure you are, Charlie. And I'm sure Dora is, too. Oh, yes, yes. And little Ruth. <laughs> she looks like a good, strong girl for her age. And how old are you, Ruthie? Nine, sir. Nine years old. My gracious, would you believe I'm 60 years older than you? <laughs> know what I've got it in mind for you to do? No, sir. Something you like? Feeding the chickens. Now, won't that be fun? Oh, yes, sir. Of course it will. And milking the cows. Well, I guess you'll have to learn how to do that, but old Uncle Jonas will show you. Oh, then there's the horses, Jake and Jenny. Use them for plowing, you know. You'll want to take care of them, feed them, clean their stalls. Excuse me, Uncle Jonas. Hmm? Yes, Charlie, yes? Uh, Ruth is a healthy girl, all right, strong for her age and all, but, well, all those chores, I, I think they might be just a bit too much for her. Oh, no, 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 not at all. Do her good, Charlie. Make a woman of her. Well, look... 
Suppose I milk the cows. But you'll be out in the fields by that time, plowing, seeding, cultivating, getting the crops in, and all like that. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I see. Dora will be so busy in the house, you know, cooking, washing, housework and such. Well, she won't have time for that, so... Oh, no, 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 I got it all figured out, Charlie. You just leave it to me. Ah, well, say now, the uh, way you look, uh, maybe you didn't mean it when you said you meant to work for your key. Now, oh, now, time for bed. So I better show you to your room. Bed? <laughs> But the sun's only just going down behind the mountain. Yeah, that's right. It gets dark fast this time of year. See, Charlie, I don't like to waste kerosene keeping lamps going all night. But, um, uh, Uncle Jonas... We get up with the chickens, we go to bed yeah. with the chickens, Dora. I, I was only going to say that we haven't eaten anything since noontime. Oh. Oh, hungry, are you? Well, yes. Ah. Well, let's see what I can scare up in the kitchen. Mm, not much right now, I'm afraid. An old man like me don't eat very much. Kind of get out of the habit. Charles. Charles, what have we got ourselves into? Well, sounds like he means to work us hard. To death, more like it. Charlie, I don't like your uncle. He scares me. <laughs> Dora was right, as always. Uncle Jonas did mean to work us to death, or at least until we dropped, and always laughing jovially, joking that city life had weakened us and farm work would soon make us strong. Well, as day went into week, we grew more and more exhausted from overwork and hungrier from lack of enough food. One morning in the kitchen... Charlie, you're back from the fields early. Early? It's nearly 12, and I've been plowing and seeding since before dawn. I'm pushed. Got a cup of coffee. I'll see if there's any left in the pot. He only lets me make one pot for the day, you know. I know. <laughs> Where's Ruth? She was lying down. She came in from cleaning the horse stall, said she felt faint. She went to lie down, but... Uh... But what? He sent her out again. Said there was nothing wrong with her. Said she was faking. I've got to do something about all this. It can't go on. What can you do? We're broke. We're penniless. Miles from nowhere with a broken down car. We're trapped. If I could only fix that carburetor. But I need a new part, a butterfly valve. Oh, forget it. We haven't got a chance. Maybe we have. The game warden. Game warden? Here. What's left of the coffee? A fellow named Carrington. Uh, Harrington. Uh, something like that. He came by the other day. All the way from Pomfret. Stopped to talk for just a minute. Said he makes it out this way about once a month or so. And if he could get that part for me in Pomfret. Well, now, what's this? What's this? What's this? In the kitchen instead of in the fields? Drinking coffee at this hour, Charlie? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Uncle Jonas. But I just had to have something to keep me going. Sorry? Oh, nothing to be sorry about, Charlie. If you're tired out, you're tired out. Nerves, huh? No, 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 no. no. Nerves, okay. Can't be. Got to be your nerves. Can't be the work. 
You're not doing that much. Jonas. Jonas, this past week I plowed nearly 20 acres and seeded more than five. Why, my lord, Charlie, in my prime, I used to do that in three days. Now, now I'll tell you, Charlie, I, I wanted you to get started on the lower field this afternoon, but if you're all tuckered out, you can't pull your weight around no, here. No, 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 Jonas, I can do it. I can do it. I don't want to force you to something, Charlie. Yeah, I you... can do it, Jonas. Well, that's good. Good. Now, you go on out and work that field till one o'clock, and then we'll all sit down and have a good midday feed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure, Jonas. Sure. A good midday feed? Is that what you said, Uncle Jonas? When are you going to stop calling me uncle? Makes me feel old for a pretty young heifer like you to call me uncle. Much too old. Please. If you don't mind. Well, now, what have I done? I just put my hands on your shoulders when where I'd really like to put them. Don't you ever do that again. <laughs> well, now, if I'd known you were going to take it like that, I wouldn't have. And I won't, Dora. Never again. Never again, that is, until you ask me. You're upset. Upset. You're all upset. Tell me what happened after I left. Tell me. Charlie, please. I've got to get supper on the table. What there is of it. Something happened between you and Jonas. What was it? Charlie, it was nothing. What was it? it? He tried... He tried... He tried to get fresh. What do you mean, get fresh? Charlie. I want to know. It isn't anything much. He, he just put his hands on my shoulder. And? Well, he sort of let his hands slip. Charlie, that was all. Believe me, that was all. I told him never to do anything like that again, and he won't. Charlie, believe me, he won't. Oh, he won't. I'll see to that. Where is he? Charlie. Where is he? Charlie, I... I, I think he's in that room he keeps closed, the one he uses for an office. Where are you going? To have a talk with Uncle Jonas. Charlie, wait. He's ordered us... ordered us never to set foot in that room. I want a word with you, Jonas. Having a... Another attack of nerves, Charlie? Must be. Can't imagine you busting in here otherwise. You know why I'm here, and it isn't my nerves. Well, then what is it? What is it, Charlie? That clock. Charlie! That clock, the way it ticks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody knows that. Everybody's ever been in this room, that is. It's more like a... Heartbeat, they say, huh? Strong, solid, full life. Like my heartbeat. But that isn't what you come to talk about. You've... You you insulted my wife today. Insulted? You, you made advances, put your hands on her... And that was an insult? What do you call it? Oh, a compliment to her beauty, her female attraction... 
dirty-minded, hypocritical old... Charlie! Dora, what? Uh... Ruthie! And for a reason I didn't understand then, as I looked at Dora holding Ruth, my dead daughter, in her arms, I was aware only of the ticking of the clock. Trapped. Yes, surely that's the word for Charles and Dora Daring, who accepted the help of Uncle Jonas, his offer to come and live on his isolated farm, only to find that his farm is a prison. Charles' diary continues, and we'll read it together, you and I, when I return shortly with Act Two. Only a word with little significance, really, unless spoken for the first time about someone you love. He is dead. She is dead. Then it hits you, the full impact of the word's terrible meaning. What do you do in that awful moment? How do you react? Some burst into tears. Others are numbed into a silence. Whatever the emotion, it is deep and very personal, as was Charles Daring's. Perhaps even a curious reaction, born of his nervous condition, for he writes in the diary... And for a reason I didn't understand then, as I looked at Dora holding Ruth, my dead daughter, in her arms, I was aware only of the ticking of the clock, that huge grandfather clock in the room my uncle called his office. It grew louder and louder, filling, saturating the room with its beat. The beat that my uncle said was like the beat of his heart. Slow, steady, solid. And then, through the beating, as if from far off, I heard Dora's voice. Dead. She's dead, Charlie. Our little girl. <laughs> no, 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 Dora, you're mistaken here. Let, let me take her in my arms. Ruthie. This is Daddy. Can you hear me, dear? Ruthie. Kid's dead. Anybody can see that. Shh. No, 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 no. Can't be. Charlie. Charlie, dear. Give her to me. Let me take her. Yes. Put her on the bed in our room. Let her rest. Let her... Let her rest. Come on now, Charlie. Can't go to pieces. Gotta act like a man. Got to face up to... Leave him alone. What? What's that? You've killed his daughter. Isn't that enough for one day? Leave him alone. Graves filled in at last. <laughs> we better get back to the house. This wind cuts to the bone. Oh, cows do for milking, too. I guess you or Dora have to do that from now on. So, I might as well get started. Not before I say a few words. Over Ruthie. What? 
Oh, go ahead. Then you can get to the milking. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. It's only the storm, dear. No, 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 no. Not the storm. Listen. To what, dear? The clock. The grandfather clock in Jonas's office. I don't hear it. I never have, Charlie. I hear it. You can't. His office is downstairs at the other end of the house. He keeps the door closed. You're imagining. No, I can hear it. My ears, you know how sensitive they are. Darling, try to sleep. Can't. Keep thinking of Ruthie. Our, our little Ruthie lying out there alone in the ground, the rain beating down, the cold rain. Try not. Try not. And the clock beating like his heart, beating. While hers lies still. We'll never beat again. I, 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 Charlie, I can't bear it. Charlie. Darling, I'll get you a pill for your nerves. Don't, don't leave me, don't. The bottle's down in the kitchen. Only a minute. I'll be right back. Only a minute. Oh. Oh, I startled you, girl. Well, I didn't expect to find you in the kitchen this late. A glass of warm milk to help me sleep. There's a little left. If you'd like some. No, I, I, I just came down to get Charlie's pills. Oh, I'm glad you did. Yeah. Long time since I've seen a woman in her nightgown. I thought the bottle was here on the shelf. <laughs> you might as well stop looking for them pills. What do you mean? I threw them away. Charlie's pills? He yes. don't need them. He only thinks he does. Are you out of your mind? They're all that keep him from going completely to pieces. Oh, don't believe it. A lot of nonsense. Doctor's nonsense. You didn't throw them away. Where are they? No. Nope. I threw them away, all right. Then you must want him to break down completely. That's it, isn't it? I've known all along what you were up to, but I wouldn't admit it to myself. Now I know. Oh, and you tell me. Stay away from me. Don't you touch me. I swear, if you do, I'll tell all I know. I'll tell who? Who's there to tell? Tell who? Tell who? Only one around, Charlie. I'll get to town. Somehow I'll get to town. I'll tell the police. You meant to kill Charlie. Work, starve him to death. So you could be alone with me. Have me. Like I've got you. You filthy run, swine. Oh. Swine. Filthy oh. beast. Stop him. He's killing me. Charlie. I'll Charlie, kill him. no. I'll kill him. Yes. Charlie! No! If you ever put your dirty hands on my wife again, I'll kill you. There was no sleep for us that night, Dora and me. And by the time dawn showed beyond the mountains, we'd come to a decision. Too late to save our beloved daughter, but in time to save ourselves, if... 
if I could somehow manage to fix the car. So, after the usual skimpy breakfast, a piece of unbuttered bread and a cup of weak coffee. What's all this? Charlie, what you up to? Getting Dora and me out of here, that's what I'm up to. Oh, now, come on, hold on, Charlie, hold on, let's talk this over. There's nothing to talk over. I don't think I knew what I was doing, Charlie. I really don't think so. Well, you did it, and it, and it wasn't the first time. I know, I know. Starving us to death, working us to death. You killed Ruthie, you did. No, no. Charlie, you got to forgive me for what I've done without meaning to. You work us and starve us. I thought it was best for you. But I was wrong. And I admit it. And I ask you... To forgive me. Well... Don't, Charlie. Don't do it. Oh, now, Charlie! Don't you see what he's up to? If we leave, and we're leaving, he loses whatever work he can get out of you before you drop in your tracks. And he loses me. Now, now, girl. Daughter. Don't you... you daughter me. Any woman could see through the likes of you. You'll kill him... That's why you threw away the pills he needs. And then you'll have me all to yourself. All alone. Out here in this forsaken wilderness. To do whatever you want with. Charlie, get that car running. If it's at all possible, get that car running. How far have we come, Charlie? Only six, near seven miles. At least about... 25 to comfort. If we get over this mountain. Dora. What? I keep wondering, when we get to Pomfret, what do we do? I mean, where will we stay? How we eat? We can stay in a car for a day or two if we have to. And my suitcase is full of food. Full of... I took every scrap of food I could lay my hands on. Good, good for you. Oh, no. What? Charlie, what? We're cooked, honey. Just plain cooked. What? The butterfly valve. I knew it wouldn't last the trip. But you fixed it once. Yeah, and for the last time. It can't be fixed again. Now what do we do? Now what do we do? We start walking. 25 miles through the mountains. 25 miles. We can't go back. We got to, honey. I'm, I'm in no condition to make it 25 miles to Pomfret. You are. You can. You've got to. If we go back, it's death for you. And for me. We can't go back. Who's there? Who's there? We... We... We come back... I figured you would. In fact, I knew you would. How did you know? How could you be so sure? What else could you do once you run out of gas? It wasn't that. I filled the tank from those cans in the barn. And I emptied it, Charlie. You? Left just enough for you to get maybe ten miles. I noticed you had a busted gas gauge so you'd never know. 
You are the most... Con- now, now, now. I did it for your own good. You lied. What would you have done when you got the pomfret? Charlie, why do you always stare at that clock? The ticking, it hurts my ears, my, 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 my hearing, awful sensitive, painful. Listen, I'm sorry about what happened before you left. We're going to change all that. We're going to be friends. Try to be, anyhow. Here, let's have a drink on it. A toast to the future, our future, together. <laughs> For you, my dear. And, Charlie, a glass for you. Although, uh, maybe before you drink it, uh, well, now, if, only if you won't mind, Charlie, you won't, will you? Mind what, Uncle Jonas? Milking the cows, feeding the chickens, before night comes on. No. No, no, I don't mind. And now, daughter, a toast to us and our future together. An evil old man, a ruthless old man, and unhappily, a victorious old man. What lies ahead now for Dora and Charles Daring? I know because I read Charles' diary. You will know shortly when I return for Act Three. One wonders at times on the nature of evil. What is it in all of us that on one occasion or another will make us do wrong when we know it to be wrong. St. Paul said, the good I would do, I do not, and the evil I would not, I do. Our author Edgar Allan Poe said simply, we are perverse. However it may be, there can be no question that Uncle Jonas is evil. I know he means to kill me through overwork and little food and then do with Dora what he desires. But what can I do? We're trapped here on this isolated farm in the wilderness, cut off from any possible help, prisoners in the hands of this evil old man who... A car. Coming down the road, a car. A car. The game warden. I forgot the game warden. Hi there. Hi. Wait up. Wait up. Sure. Sure. Well, hello. Uh, daring, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We met once, months ago. Uh, remember? I was plowing the fields and you came by and... Sure, sure, I remember. Listen, I need help. Will you help me? Well, mm, if I can. We tried to get away from here, my wife and I, but our car broke down. Oh, is that your car? Half blocking the road six miles or so back? Yeah, yeah. Carburetor went sour. I tried to fix it, but it didn't hold up. Well, there's not much I can do. I'm no mechanic. No, no, no but you could pick up a carburetor for me in Pomfret, couldn't you? The next time you come out this way... Yeah, sure, sure. I could do that, but... 
Well, you'll have a long wait. I don't come out this way more than once every other month, thereabouts. Oh, that's okay. I can wait. But will you do it? Sure, glad to. Charlie? Charlie? Yeah? He wants to see you. Your uncle. All right. Coming. That your wife? Yeah. Well, no wonder you want to get away from here. If I had a wife as pretty as yours, I wouldn't want her around that dirty old man either. Come in. Come in. Well, where you been? I told Dora I wanted to see you ten minutes ago. I was was working in the barn. Working? You working? <laughs> Look at me, damn it. Not at that clock. Always looking at that clock. Look at me when I talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. I got to thinking. It's a waste of time, you trepsing back and forth from the fields to the house, from the barn to the house. So, from here on, I've decided you'll live in the barn. What? You you can't do this. Dora and me can't live in the... I didn't say Dora. I said you. Me in the barn. And Dora here. That's right. Dora alone in this house with you. Never. Now you listen to me. Never. You think I don't know what you're up to? Dora's told me everything. How you've been after her, forcing yourself on her. And if you think if you're alone in the house with her alone at night, you can get what you're after. Never. Oh, yes. You fool. Don't you think I planned this from the beginning? From the day I got your sniveling letter begging me to take you in. And the day I laid eyes on her for the first time, I knew. I knew then that it was a good plan and I'd go through with it. You, you... A simple plan, too. So simple it couldn't go wrong. Starve you. Weaken you. Work you into your grave. The way you work Ruthie into hers. Oh, the child didn't matter one way or the other. It was you. Didn't I... matter. What? My little girl, my Ruthie, didn't matter. What? Here, here now. You... Wait, wait a minute, child. I... I... My throat. I... You're choking me. You can't... that I must do something to hide the body. But what? What? 
where to hide it. If I tried to get out of the house into the barn door, might see me doing it. A chance I couldn't take. If if I dragged it down the cellar, there was the risk she'd hear me. Where could I hide? And then, then and then my eyes, as they had so often done before, my eyes went to the the clock, the clock that has stopped the the very instant his heart stopped. A big clock, six feet tall and two feet wide. Was it possible that I might, if 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 I could stand him up in that space, the clock hiding him for for a time, only for a time, to let me think what what I, what I might do afterwards? Yes, that is what I did. And just in time, I just stood his body against the wall and pushed the clock back into place, hiding it when. Yes. Mrs. Daring, of course. Yes. I'm Game Warden Carrington. I'd like to talk to your husband. Oh, uh, well, he's with his uncle just now. Could you wait? Well, I'm afraid not. I want to get back to Pomfret before nightfall. Oh, is it important? (laughs) It is to your husband. Well, Uncle Jonas gets angry when... Well, uh, follow me. Thank you. What, what is it? I'm sorry to interrupt. The game warden's here. He says he's got to see Charles. Got to see him right away. Oh, hello, warden. You see about that carburetor, Daring? Oh? Uh, look, I don't like talking to you. You peering through a door open to crack. Could I come in? No, 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 no. Uh, Uncle Jonas doesn't allow anyone... Oh, in. that's all right. Come in. Where's Uncle Jonas? He he went down to the barn, be back in a little while. Oh. Well, uh, I'll leave you and the warden together. Uh, Sit down, warden. Oh, no, no, no. This will just take a minute, and I'm in a hurry. I got to thinking about that carburetor. Uh, Carburetor. Yes. Carburetor. Uh, There's a good mechanic in Pomfret, uh, Hutchinson. He could maybe rebuild it for you, save you some money. Oh. Well... Uh, you all right, Daring? Yes, o- only, on, only. Well, what is it? Why do you keep looking at that clock? It isn't going. Of course it isn't. Well, you can see that the pendulum has stopped. Yes, 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 and 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 and, and yet uh, the uh, about the carburetor. I... Well, I was going to suggest. But I want your permission first. Uh, suggest I take the carburetor out of the car on my way back to Pomfret, you know? Yes, 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 do that. Well, the trouble is, I haven't got the tools. Tools? Yes. Are you listening to me? Yes, yes, I'm... I'm listening. I've got a couple of screwdrivers, but no wrench and no pliers, so I wondered if you might have what I need. Uh, yes, uh, yes, I... Well, if you could let me have them, I'll stop by the car, get the carburetor out, and take it to Hutchinson and Pomfret. He'll have plenty of time to work on it, because I won't be coming back this way for another... Daring. Daring, what is it? You you think you're clever, don't you, Warden? Well, that's a funny thing to say. Nothing clever about taking a carburetor out of a car. I don't mean that. You know I don't mean that. Well, what do you mean? The sound. You hear it as well as I do. You hear it. What are you talking about? The heartbeat. 
His heartbeat. It has to be that. The clock has stopped. Look. Look. The clock has stopped, but the beat, the... The, the beat. You hear it. I don't hear anything. Liar. How could you not hear it? You didn't come about the carburetor. You knew I was going to do it. You saw it on my face when we talked out there today. You must have seen it. In my face. Even, even though I didn't know it. But... Well, know what? Daring, have you gone mad? Saw what in your face? You were going to do what? Kill him. Kill him! Kill him! Hey! What are you doing? Why are you pulling the clock away from that? Hey! Hey! Look out! It's falling! See? See? Oh, good lord. Good lord. Charles, dear? Ah, uh, you've come, Dora. Uh, uh, sit down, dears, and give me a moment. I, I just want to adjust the escape mechanism on this clock. Ah, there. All fixed? All fixed. <laughs> <laughs> and they said it couldn't be done. If it can be done, you're the man to do it. Dr. Leonardo says you're a genius when it comes to fixing clocks. Goodness, you've fixed just about everyone in this whole... In the asylum. I know what it is, Dora, dear. I... I just don't know why I'm here. No matter, sweetheart. So long as you're happy. Oh, very. Very. And you? I'm fine. Oh. And Ruthie? Little Ruthie. How is she? She couldn't be better, Charles. She sends her love. Oh, give mine to her. Mm. Oh, dear, dear, dear. What, Charles? This escape mechanism. Still not working the way it should. If you'll excuse me, Dora. In a little room in a large institution, a very gentle, a very sweet old man tinkers happily with clocks and watches. And an old lady, a very old but very attractive old lady, visits him weekly. He lives in another world. She in this. Small matter. Both are happy. Well, to come full circle, you, sir became Charles Daring, and you, ma'am, or would you prefer Ms., became Dora. And as I pointed out earlier, you couldn't have done it without that miracle imagination. Think, how completely did you become Charles, Dora? Did you become them, or did you only listen? With your ears, listen. If that is so, Try again. Ears are not enough. Try using your soul. Our cast included Fred Gwynn, Ann Shepard, and Robert Dryden. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre.
Until next time, pleasant dreams. Well, that's our show for this evening. I hope you all enjoyed it. And remember, Halloween night from 6 to midnight, 12 back-to-back chilling radio shows with no interruptions. And remember, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me at Facebook at facebook.com slash terror1970 or look for me on Instagram at radioshownerd or Twitter, Radio Show Nerd 1. Again, this is Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, signing off.